we both suck. I just suck less. <laughs> well, listen, I nailed the kid actors. I love, no, no, let me say that again. Hang on a second. That was <laughs> whoa. Oh, yikes. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. Clear your eyes. Those website those, history. Those were better choices. Whatever. It, uh, there's no. There's no getting out of this. Okay. Welcome to the Replay Value Podcast, where we deep dive into the movies we all love to watch over and over again. I'm Phil, joined by my brother from the same mother, our co-host on the West Coast, Warren. What's up, bro? In this episode, we're going to talk about the supernatural horror blockbuster, It. In Derry, Maine, seven young friends unite against a terrifying supernatural creature that has been haunting their small town for centuries. Calling itself Pennywise the Dancing Clown, it is a monster of unspeakable power that takes the form of everyone's most horrific fears. Threatened by their worst nightmares, the only way these kids can survive it is together. That's the back of the DVD box, Warner Uh Brothers. Well, listen. I, I'm gonna, I gotta cut R, you off here, Warren. We need minutes. to get through this episode as quickly as possible because I hate this movie. I've what? hated it since I was a kid, since the 1990 miniseries the, the, that, even, I watched with, <laughs> that I watched with Dad. Oh. Probably the, my first ex, experience with like a true horror film. Being scared, like, like waking up and being thinking you're going to yeah. see a clown standing there in your bedroom. So for, for people that don't remember or didn't experience it, uh, originally a TV movie in 1990 with Tim Curry as Pennywise. They did it as a two. The first celebrity series. you and I ever saw in person. Oh, that's right. It came to right after Home Alone school. two came out. Yeah. <laughs> so they they did um, like they aired like the first part, the first half, whatever on like a, I think a Saturday night or whatever, and then like the next part came out two weeks later. The first part scared the shit out of me so much mm. as a kid that I, I I never watched the second part, and I still haven't watched. The second part to this day. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you picked this for for spoopy uh, October movie month. Great, I love man, it. Got to do it, man. Got to yeah. do it. Uh, I love. I mean, look, I can enjoy this movie because I saw it once I was an adult and I wasn't scared anymore. I could just enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. The 1990 TV series. Well, I'm sure compared to this, like, isn't as scary visually. I, I'm sure. But yeah, I, 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 look, I'm telling you. Oh my time. gosh. Um, TV series scared me to death as a kid. So, iconic, iconic, iconic. Our dad loved Stephen King, read his books constantly. I mean, we would see this as a fixture in the bookshelf. uh, And and then the big VHS set of it he had as well. And I got to say, I mean, I I, I think, yeah, I think it's got to be dad's favorite Stephen King book. Right? I mean, that's that's an 1,100-page book, by the way. No small feat to read. Right, which makes it even harder to um, adapt into um, a, a film. You know, one film, you know, of course, it ended up being in two films. Uh, but yeah, this was one of Dad's favorites. I do remember, watch, like I said, we watched it. He was excited. I remember his excitement coming when the the miniseries was coming out in the, in 1990. Um, much to you know my dismay and you know, future nightmares of me. You know, I'm glad he at least got some enjoyment <laughs> out of it. <laughs> All right, well, Warren, uh, so I will say this, that I've only seen this movie. I saw it, it you know, it's only I think six years old now. 
I saw it in theaters when it came out. My, my wife and I, Kim, we did go see it with with the intent of watching Chapter Two. I, I actually never saw Chapter Two until uh, actually just re. I actually watched it last night for the first time, just to you know we'd watch this one for the pod, of course, to prepare, and then I was like, you know what, I've never seen Chapter Two. Let let, let me check it out. Um, so I, I I've only seen this movie. I, three times bro now. i worked on chapter two you didn't fucking see it you're an asshole yeah i know I don't well care. granted i was just uh, a photo double but nevertheless <laughs> but yeah and i've always seen this three times um since it's since it's released so again i'm not a fan of clowns okay i'm like richie i don't don't like the clowns okay but <laughs> so Warren, sounds like a serious problem man <laughs> uh you should probably talk us, to somebody it's about because that. of it it's because of pennywise yeah. okay all right um kick us off though warren how did the film get made who made it uh, above the line, based on Stephen King's 1986 novel, It, a uh, best-selling novel, uh, his 17th novel, and get this, this film is the 43rd film adaptation of Stephen King's books. Wow. Wow. I mean, you just talk, incredibly prolific. Yeah, I've, uh, I've read that King, like if a, if a, a student filmmaker will wants to adapt or use his in, you know, one of his works uh, for like if one of their films, he will sell it to him for a dollar. Like he'll he'll give them like the rights to make something That's off awesome. of it for one dollar. So he's just like, yeah, he this it, it's it's crazy the amount of things that originally started from Stephen King that you don't think about, like Stand by Me, Shawshank Redemption, like yeah. that, that come from yeah. the mind of this man. Yeah, a brilliant man. And really uh, interesting, too. So I, I heard I heard this story about him, and I don't know where I heard it, but uh, I was hearing the perspective of somebody that was playing cards, and Stephen King was with him playing cards. And he said, Stephen King sat down, and he took a cigarette, and he just set it right there in front of him on the table. And apparently Stephen King had quit smoking and he only allowed himself two cigarettes a day Uh, or maybe just one. Actually, it was just this one cigarette. So he would lay it there and wait for the perfect time to smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like that's you're going to quit. You know, you you, you can't go cold turkey. You just give yourself one or two here and there. (laughs) And you remember, you know, you got the the, the Obama smoking policy. Uh, One in the morning, one at night. And one, whatever the fuck I want. That's not <laughs> real. Stop it. All right. So the film, though, itself, you know, obviously we've mentioned a few times now that it, the novel in 86, the miniseries in 1990, property not done anything with since since then. So it was never made into a full-length feature film. This, again, when the first iteration with Tim Curry was a TV miniseries, two-part so development for the feature started way back in March of 2009. Uh, so it's a Warner Brothers property, and they had originally wanted it to be one film instead of two, thinking that they could have combined the, you know, the back and forth elements between the, you know, the time jump of between the adults and kids into one movie, uh, which I don't even know what Warner's was thinking when they did that. Uh, but, uh, you know, so this point being, though, is that is a 2017 release development started in 2009. So you're talking about eight years to get this thing off the ground and released. It's easy to see why, though. I mean, this isn't you say you're going to make Stephen King it for the new generation. And the, keep in mind, the first feature film adaptation never been made into a movie. Right. Uh, yes. Only the TV series. So which was essentially yeah, like a movie. I mean, y- you, you know. got You got to get it right. Yeah, I mean, two two uh, two parts. It's a it's a movie, you know. 
Written by Chase Palmer, Kerry Fukunaga, and Gary Doberman. Well, Fukunaga was originally going to be the director, like in 2012. Yeah, yeah, he, he was the originally first, the director. Yeah, I was going to talk which about he, that. He and directed then, uh, uh, the newest Bond film, No Time to Die, I would say. Mm, yeah, well, he, he, he made his bones where he established himself as the writer-director of the season one of True Detective. That's yes. what put him on the map. Correct, yes. That's um, a, a good point. And then Doberman did, like, has done, like, the Annabelle films, a lot of horror credits there, so... I mean, they had uh, some. So you kind of trusted Horehand, uh, right? Uh, you know, in film, uh, helping get this made uh, or helping write the script. Uh, produced by uh, Roy Lee, Dan Lin, Seth Graham Smith, David Katzenberg, and Barbara Muschietti. So yeah. that is, and that's the director's sister. The director being Andy Muschietti, who directed uh, most recently Flash. Yeah, the 2023 with uh, Keaton and uh, yeah. Ezra, Keaton. Ezra Miller. Yeah. And, of course, uh, so, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures, right. which is easy to see how Andy Muschietti got the flash job. Warner Brothers really, if you look at their history, they tend to latch on to filmmakers and directors. Uh, they Even HBO does that with their their, uh, their their TV shows. You'll see a lot of the same actors in a lot of their shows. So Warner Brothers does it very much as an extended family in show business. Well, that was more common. Uh, it's less common now, but, you know, where uh, network. No, you still see it with, like, Curb. Uh, you know, like uh, some of the high-end HBO shows, you still see some of the same actors popping up. Well, what in. I'm saying is it's more, it was more common where a network would, or a studio would lock down an actor in a contract to where, like, that's, you know, they would... Oh, yeah, that's the yeah. old studio system. That's right. that's way, way, way long time I, I know, ago. That's like the still, days of Lou Wasserman, man. That's what I'm saying. I, I said old. Anyway, but uh, Andy Muschietti, you know, he... Once you're, like, in the system, though, it's just like it's it, it, it's on the short list saying, oh, who can we get to do this, you know? So Yeah, once he, you prove he, you can do it, you're kind of, uh, you're, you're in. You're in the yeah. club. So he, did, he did chapter one and chapter two. He did direct both both it films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I, I want to I want to touch on the book versus the movie. So a lot of differences. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're not going to cover the differences between chapter two uh, and the book. But with chapter one, which I feel like is that's, to me, that was always the more entertaining story well, this is kids. just it this isn't chapter one to be clear this is Fair just enough. it and then it's it chapter two well if you at the, at the end of the film uh it does say chapter one on it so it's credited really? as yes it, it, it when you look at it on okay. imdb or whatever it says it you know just the, the, the it should title. be at chapter one but right it, technically it should be it chapter one you think they'll yeah. go back and change it like indiana jones raiders or of the lost Ark, star wars or, a new hope star, yeah. yeah exactly i knew <laughs> i fucking knew yeah, you were going to mention star wars come on yeah jesus um so both movies real, real by quickly, lucasfilm by the way and produced by kathleen kennedy what a yeah there's somehow they're both still connected yeah so you have um just uh, there's several differences i'm going to call out some of the big ones that i saw number one the era that it's set in uh in the book it's uh the for kids around 1957, 58, and then they, it's uh, 84, 85, 1984, 85 when they're adults. So you almost have like the it just shifts out about 22 years, 21, 22 years uh, in the uh, in, in this version of it. Um, there you said is, you were going to mention this: the differences between chapter one and chapter two, and you just did. You said chapter two is in 84 and 85, so we're just, I'm just talking saying chapter that the, one. I'm just saying the era that it's set yeah. in. There's a time. Well, the sh- movie jump. is set in 88, 89 versus the novel setting it in 57, 58. The loser yeah, club 20, kid years. I yeah. said the 21 years yeah. difference. But, I you said. know, it's two of the iconic decades. You go from 50s to 80s, which I think are the yeah. two most revered decades. Well, I don't know. The 70s are pretty popular, but people really love the 50s and 80s. Yeah. Those seem okay. to be the most nostalgic of, anyway. the, of that century. 
uh, one of the, one of the biggest things is how they figure out how to defeat Pennywise and the ritual of Chud. Uh, there's a turtle, Matcher, Matcher and the turtle in the books. And he's like very, um, uh, you know, a common figure in like the Stephen King universe or, or whatever, like a very powerful creature. Um, and like, he's like the arch rival or the opposite essentially of it, uh, of Pennywise. Um, so that's how Bill figures out how to defeat them. That's completely left out. They make a mention of Maturin like is the root or whatever that from the, the tribe that they get. So there, the name is brought up, but the, the whole turtle thing is completely left out. That again, that is more chapter two. I'm sorry. I said, I wasn't going to talk about it. I did. Um, yeah, there is. Yeah, I know I'm not off to a good start here. Uh, there, there is a, a, a scene, a very graphic scene in the book where the Beverly and the, 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 the group, the losers club, they all know, no other way to say this. They all have sex with each other and lose their virginity together. Well, I, I, yeah, I read about that to, to cement their bond, but it goes well, also deep. to shed their, they, they couldn't escape the sewers. Uh, they had to shed their last vestiges of childhood as like a symbolic thing. Yeah, they're, 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 they're losing their innocence, uh, becoming yeah, adults. He was doing a lot of drugs at the time. He even says, like, I don't know why I wrote that scene that way. Yeah, and he, very- and he uh, clearly didn't have any sexual. There was no eroticism behind writing it at all. It was meant to be symbolic of the loss of innocence and the bonding of their special friendship uh, as a group. But, yeah, uh, looking back, didn't age so great. Uh, not in good taste. Yeah. Uh, in the book, Mike was the history buff of Derry, uh, not Ben. And they, which they did correct in this, in chapter two. Um, but in chapter one, you know, Mike is the kind of the, I'm sorry, Ben is the kind of nerd that's in the library. That's doing all the research. It was Mike in the, in the book. Um, it's the way that the forms that it takes on and how it scares the kids was all new for the film. Uh, the 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 kind of uh, iterations that it takes and, and looks uh, how it looks to each child, uh, and then lastly, well, yeah, you didn't one. even touch on the best part. Hold on, you mentioned the the iterations from the book. You don't talk about them in the fucking book. Pennywise took form of Dracula, Wolfman. The, oh the, yeah, the, that the, was cool. The, 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 the creature from monsters, the Black Lagoon. Yeah. So I think the main problem is is that uh, it, uh, Warner Brothers got the rights instead of Universal because if Universal had gotten the rights, <laughs> then they could have had Pennywise <laughs> take the shape of the That's classic true. Universal movie monsters. That's true. It would have been a distraction. I feel like I think it's better than that's kind of badass, been. man. Kind yeah. of bad because then it's the ultimate horror movie. Think about it. Mm. Think about okay. it. You got yeah. iconic appearances <laughs> from Dracula well, uh, and Wolfman, and the fucking it's in there too. Oh, I mean, this is just a smorgasbord of uh, iconic uh, horror uh, film villains. I mean, this is this this just oh, it's great. And, and then the last one here is that Georgie Georgie's body is found, and the murder is actually even noticed by a neighbor in the novel. So it's clear that it's real. You know, it's real and Georgie's gone. Whereas that's uh, yeah, it's something Bill holds on to uh, in, in, in the film that uh, he, he still believes that uh, Georgie's alive somehow. Yeah. And, I know, and even in the book, it's clear, like they talk about, like they do, um, well, I guess in the movie they have, they, 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 they clean the bathroom of blood, but I, it doesn't make sense to me that they can see it. The adults can't see it, but then it can still somehow be cleaned up. I mean, if the parent walks in and they're, they're wiping stuff up. Do they just see claws with no blood? I don't. I don't get how does how does this break? Yeah, down? I don't. Uh, huh. I don't know how Good this question. holds up under a little under, suspension uh, of disbelief. Also, the fact that they could clean up that bathroom in anything less than several hours. Is that that bathroom? No, you're not getting that place to look normal again. 
Yeah, I mean, what are you doing? The, shower, the walls are like, stained. You're not getting that red out. That was it. Was a little weird. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't mention a couple things. Uh, I think you, uh, Patrick Hawksetter's character. A lot of these characters were just not didn't get a lot of the screen time. You didn't get a lot of the backstory. But in the book, he killed animals, and he was locked. Mm. He would lock. Um, uh, animals in a fridge so they would die I mean he tortured him he's a terrible terrible character and so uh, and he would open the fridge to find them when they were dead so one time he did that to an animal and it Pennywise was in the fridge as a flying oh. leeches got onto him and then took him into the sewer like the leeches like oh, you know, that's he how was, he died okay yeah 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 so well I mean that's pretty common when you adapt a book into TV or film is that you're gonna have characters combined cut back on it's just it's to be expected yeah and then the biggest difference and i don't know why they did it bev is never kidnapped in the book for whatever reason they added that element here in the film it works i mean you know it did did. i don't know man i to me there's a little bit of look this is a good movie and i am just nitpicking right now but to me there's a lot of situations that kind of seem lazy like okay why did pennywise leave just there why didn't he just fucking kill him uh you know there just seems to be because it's a horror some, film yeah, yeah there's some inconsistencies well uh, i would say that not to jump ahead but chapter two those inconsistencies are much worse uh, as far as like but in chapter two they take they take you out of the, the movie i don't think they're as bad in chapter one beyond they're just like oh it, 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 pennywise could have had him there why did he leave you know it's just like always oh, well, toying with them it's just like or how many times is a kid gonna hear their name and just start wandering into a dark space by themselves i mean at this point you think they would learn not to fucking do that i mean but i mean that's every scary movie right but you hear like a family member or something a, re- a voice you recognize you're not immediately going to be like because we're only seeing the moments where the kids are you know, in those situations with Pennywise, they've only only had one or two at that point. Like there's a lot of situations where they're in a group. One of them hears something, the one in the back and turns around and just walks away from the group. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying a lot of these situations just are feel, uh, repetitively staged. Okay. Well, you got, you got to, whatever. Okay. Whatever. Uh, It's still a good movie. I mean, we're getting nitpicking and we on to the stars of the picture. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. Starring Jaden Martell, but at the time as Jaden Lieberher, and Bill Skarsgård. Co-starring Finn Wolfhard, Sophia Lillis, Jeremy Roy Taylor, Chosen Jacobs, Jack Dylan Grazer from Shazam, uh, Wyatt O'Leaf, and Nicholas Hamilton. Yeah, so uh, I'll just say Jaden Martell, as he's credited now, has been since 2019. Uh, he just... Change, he just decided to take his mother's maiden name uh, mm. for his acting credit. Just made a change. That's why it's uh, gone I from change your stage names. Yeah, yeah, that they happens. do it all the time. Yeah. So, uh, I, for Pennywise, uh, obviously Bill Skarsgård, just superb in this role, incredible. Uh, but I want to say some what ifs because there's several uh, for Pennywise. Ben Mendelsohn at one time was yeah. almost Pennywise. Would have been interesting. Tilda Swinton, which is funny. Wow. Hugo Weaving, Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance would have been Hugo great Weaving would have been interesting. Oh, Mark Rylance. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, he's great. So, but all actually, the, the one that made it the furthest was Will Poulter, uh, who um, he's been a lot of stuff most recently in the new, newest Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's got the eyes for it. Yeah, uh, they actually said, like, all, when he auditioned or staged, was screen tested, that he was phenomenal. Perfect. He was actually essentially cast and but we talked about the development of this film stretched over so many years he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts mm. and that's when it opened the door for scars guard okay okay actors mount rushmore who are you putting mm. on it 
Everybody? Yeah, everyone. Huge hit, yeah. iconic property, everybody. Well, the thing is, is that I think the reason you do that is because Bill Skarsgård, clearly iconic role. Uh, it's going to be on there for him. And, you know, this movie's six years old. These kids are still early in their careers. Uh, a lot of them, you know, made the first impact in the industry, um, you know, pop culture wise with it. So I do think at least for chapter two, it's a different story. But for chapter one, yeah, it's everybody. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, there's there's no question. Um are actors at their peak then? Uh, okay, it, to me it's two. I would say early peak, uh, Sophia Lillis for sure. She was really coming on. Um, yeah. I think Sharp Objects playing in a younger Amy Adams was like the first I saw of her. That was really her breakout. And that was a um, very minor role. Um, yeah, but she was and memorable. Think, and I think that came after it, chapter one. Did it? Um, mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. if I know. But that's the first yeah. time I remember seeing her. And maybe I saw, uh, yeah, I, I. that's the first time I took notice. I think it was after. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was after. I think it was really the, the first thing. Um, no, 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 no. Hold on. When's oh, Sharp gonna, Objects? You, uh, yeah, I think, I'm, I'm going to call. I think it Sharp, Sharp, Sharp Objects was 2018, 2019. Shit, it was 2018. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. A year later. So, um, yeah. So. Uh, so Whatever. another one would be Bill Skarsgård. Uh, it would be Bill Skarsgård because this yeah. is the start of his launch demand. And, and, and that would kind of segue us into The Biggest Benefactor. This is the start of a movie career for Bill Skarsgård. This game. Oh, I mean, he, interesting. I flipped that. I, 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 biggest, well, I think Jack Dylan Grazer also because, you know, he did get Shazam. I think the kids all benefited greatly from this. Most of them anyway. Um, but for me, The Biggest Benefactor is Sophia Lillis. I mean, just what she's gone on to do and, and starting here. I mean, she's in the new Dungeons and Dragons that. movie. Uh, she, like you said, sharp objects. She is uh, consistently in high profile or very artistically, uh, re- highly regarded uh, films and, and, and series. So I think I think it's got to be her. Mm, okay. Biggest all right. Um, all right. Who is your MVP? Although I think I know who it is. Uh, oh, dude, it's MVP. It's got to be Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Yeah, I mean, it's big shoes to fill. If you watch the original series, Tim Curry was fucking great. And uh, look, Skarsgård delivered the goods. He's got the real stuff. Uh, instinctive and animalistic in his performance. I mean, he developed that iconic, scary smile. And you can see the inspiration in his work from Clockwork Orange, uh, The Dark Knight, uh, and Silence of the Lambs. I mean, those are some great uh, films to be referencing and being inspired by. And it shows in the work. Uh, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, he even talked about like the inspiration from Ledger's Joker from Dark Knight, but that would be like a real person, whereas he is playing it like as someone who's not real. You know, this is just a fantastical uh, evil creature, uh, but like. Ooh. He's so good with the facial expressions, like what you were saying as far as the, what he crafted there. They used very little, if any, CG on his face. I know like some of the makeup obviously is not natural uh, features, but like just the way his mouth and like the little drool that he would have and how his eyes would almost cross or be looking different directions. I mean, it was just horrific. <laughs> it was very, very terrifying. So yeah, there's... Uh, Pennywise. The, the film doesn't work if your Pennywise isn't just phenomenal and Scars Scars is. All right, stats and accolades of it. Release date was September the eighth, twenty seventeen. Warren, this is the second film from twenty seventeen that you and I have done on the pod. 
Can you think of the other one from 2017? Uh, 2017. We did it last season, towards the end of the season. I got nothing. Got nothing. Kelly Murphy, Mark Rylance. Oh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. The second one. Uh, on a budget of $35 million, opening weekend, it annihilated uh, at the box office. $123.4 million, number one, its first two weeks. I think pretty consistently in the top five for, for several weeks there. Uh, domestically, it would go on to make $328.8 million. Worldwide, another three seventy two. So overall total year-to-date, worldwide, $701.8 million. So this is uh, off a $35 million budget, which... I mean, I know you got to add some marketing and stuff on there, but that's just a phenomenal return on investment. It is is a bona fide blockbuster, especially for a rated R horror film. Yeah, box office ranked 13th for the year, and it's the biggest R-rated horror hit of all time and the highest grossing King adaptation of all time. Oh, wow. That's good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, I forgot to mention a cameo. Uh, we're not doing Chapter 2, but Stephen King has a cameo in Chapter 2. He's like a shop owner that sells Bill's bike back to him as an adult, his old bike. So he gets a little, little moment there. Uh, Taglines, it takes many forms. You'll float too. Yeah, you'll float too. Yeah, there you go. None of these are on the one sheet, uh, the theatrical one sheet. It's just a simple poster, kid in a raincoat, the red balloon. That's all you get. And then just darkness. Um, I think that the, you'll, the I've seen the you'll float too on the the poster as well. Oh, when they write so. it in blood or what? It, no, just above the balloon at the top, it'll say like in just white text, "You'll float too." I've seen that. That there's probably different versions of it out there, but runtime two hours and fifteen minutes, hundred thirty five minutes, rated R, with a body count of nine <laughs> and forty two f bombs. And kids are cussing like crazy. Yeah, I mean, Rich, Richie's uh, probably got about 40 of those himself. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, fucking. And, uh, and Ed's uh, yeah. has got the other two. <laughs> I mean, the back, That's right. the back and forth are uh, great. Yeah. Uh, scores of the film, Rotten Tomatoes, 86%. Cinema score, B+. And a Metacritic score of 69. Nice. Uh, a critical and commercial hit. Uh, look, it was predicted as an Oscar contender, if you can believe that. Uh, I... Warner Brothers put some money into that, but really? that faded. Yeah, that's yeah, hard to believe, um, yeah. Well, critics did praise Skarsgård's performance. You could certainly see potentially I, yeah, a Best Supporting I, I Actor nomination. That, yeah. So awards of the film, no Oscar, BAFTA, or Golden Globe wins or nods. Ten wins and 46 nominations. Saturn Awards, Golden Schmo, Fright Meter Awards, MTV Movie Awards. Uh, yeah. and Saturn Awards, that's a, you know, that's a big... Yeah, that's like it's like for, it's a, for fantasy, sci-fi. It's mainly focused yeah, on they've that been around, They've been around a long time. You guys are deserving of those. Yeah, the Oscar things, that would have been a surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. So the so, so question is, did Skarsgård get snubbed as Pennywise? I think he did. I'm Just gonna, the fact that it's that iconic of a character and that he wasn't nominated. He's that great? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Okay. Grammy Record of the Year for 2017, 24K Magic by Bruno Mars. And then the number one song that week was, uh, I hate to even say it, I hate to taint our podcast by mentioning this song, Despacito by Louis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. Please move move on. Please get us out of here. Movies of the year, uh, top of the box office, number one, you're going to love this, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. 
I, I don't love that. I, I hate that movie. It's horrible. Yeah, you do, but you got to love them dropping Star Wars in here. All right, whatever. Uh, number two, Beauty and the Beast, the uh, live action adaptation. Uh, number three, The Fate of the Furious. Number four, Despicable Me 3. And then some honorable mentions, um, Spider-Man Homecoming, Justice mm. League, Lego Batman, Logan, oh, yeah. all superhero movies, oh, Lego Guardians Batman, of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 2, Thor Ragnarok, and uh, Wonder Woman. So all superhero movies. Wow. A lot of them. Yeah. Wow. Good Lord. Oscar winner for Best Picture, The Shape of Water. Yeah. Dude, she fucks a fish. I, I, I mean, and that's, you know... Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's definitely a four word summary of that film. Yep, it sure is. She fucks a fish. Okay, uh, yeah, really, man. Uh, Jesus, I like that's that a, movie. I, li- I, really yeah, I like it. it. I can't believe it won Best Picture. Uh, I mean, th- there is. I can see it winning uh, Best Cinematography because the director of photography is uh, amazing in this, but uh, or amazing in Shape of Water. But no, Best Picture. Come on, and Razzie for Worst Picture, the Emoji Movie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad <laughs> uh, have you seen it no actually, I actually haven't but uh, i've seen enough to know that it sucks can only imagine it's got to be terrible uh movie ticket price in 2017 was eight dollars and 97 cents uh just for inflation that's nine dollars and 16 cents world events of the year solar eclipse lasted 93 minutes the term fake news was born nfl players uh, kneeled during the national anthem britain triggered uh the uh uh articles uh 50 uh brexit brexit yeah terrorists bombed manchester arena during iran and grande's concert the tragedy of the las vegas mass shooting took place oh, wow. oh man yeah terrible year uh a lot of bad shit man um time person of the year the me too movement and oh just to mention within because we're doing stats and accolades i can't not mention this there's some Connections with the number 27 in the movie It. The film was released 27 years after the TV series. Uh, oh, yeah. It returns every 27 years. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Uh, and this movie was released one month after Bill Skarsgård's 27th birthday. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Okay. And 27's already got a funky number, what with celebrities dying at the age of 27. So yeah. it's already got some correlation huh. in the lexicon. Uh, at least the number, anyway. Yeah, uh, that's that uh, sums it up. Uh, good, strong finish here for uh, old stats for uh, it and with the number twenty-seven. We're moving Kinda on, like your fucking right, fan Mr. theory. Neil, I'm ready for my close-up. Yeah, nice move, man. We're shit. Moving on to our best scenes and lines from it. So, uh, you know, it uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm expecting. I went ho- pretty heavy in the horror scenes uh stuff that kind of freaked me out the most watching it and i'm gonna assume you did the same uh what's your runner-up for best scene my runner-up man there's a lot to pick from but i'm gonna have to go with the slideshow fucking gripping man and scary as fuck look that's where georgie disappeared there's the ironworks and the black spot Everywhere it happens, it's, it's all connected by the sewers. And they all meet up at the... The well house. It's in the house on Nebel Street. You mean that creepy-ass house where all the junkies and hobos like to sleep? I hate that place. It always feels like it's watching me. That's where I saw it. 
It's worse with a clown. That, 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 that's where it lives. I can't imagine anything ever wanting to live there. Can we stop talking about this? I, 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 I can barely breathe. This is summer. We're kids. I can barely breathe. I'm having a fucking asthma attack. And I'm not doing this. What the hell? Put the map back. Mm -mm. I have that as a strong honorable mention. That's uh, that's pretty good. I uh, really in the garage there, Bill's Bill's garage. Man, that is a freaky scene. That's pretty good, dude. Uh, th there's some really creepy shit in that scene, uh, and that is one time where the only reason they got away is, in fact, uh, doesn't one of them. No, no, no one actually gets hurt in that scene. But the only reason they get away is because they open the fucking garage door. Like that's scary as shit, and they got out of it. Like he just go away because he wanted to go away uh, when he could have killed him. Like some other scenes, like mm. they actually had a compelling end, and that's why it's my runner up. Okay, I like that. Uh, my runner up is going to uh, it's going to be the opening scene, man, um, with Georgie and Pennywise by the sewer drain. Uh, you know it it. Uh, Haunted me, gave me nightmares as a kid in the um, the the miniseries, the 1990 version, uh, and uh, it's uh, equally as creepy and, and well done and, and horrifying in in this version too. Um, so I'm gonna have to have to go with that was my runner up. It's 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 like again, it's iconic with the you know, it's even on the poster with Georgie in his yellow raincoat and and you know, that whole introduction to Pennywise and that interaction with Georgie is um, it's the stuff nightmares are made out of. How is that your runner-up? How I is I that know. your runner-up? That is my winner. What the fuck is wrong with you? That is the most iconic scene in the movie. It's one of the most iconic scenes in all of horror in film history. And when they announced the remake of this movie, that's the one scene you can't wait to see how they did. Yeah, that's true. I, maybe in hindsight, I, I made a mistake here. However... I'm, I'm sticking Dude, not my only guns. Is, is it when Georgie meets Pennywise, it's when the audience I know, I meets know, I, Pennywise. I, Come on, man. You I, love I opening scenes. What I, the fuck is wrong with you? It's my runner-up, okay? My winner, though, is the... Uh, listen, there's nothing more iconic than... Well, there's several things that are iconic and you know synonymous with horror. But one is a haunted house. And when the kids go to the house on Kneebolt Street and go in there and... and, and, and that whole sequence uh, of them, uh, I guess it's really not all of them. It is uh, Richie, um, 
Bill and who else goes in there with them? And Ed and Eddie, uh, the three of them go in there and just like, you know, the whole clown room with Richie, uh, that, the, that, that, that entire thing where they're going through that house is just a great horror moment. Love, oh, again, yeah. lo- love a haunted house. But one thing I love, and then they actually do it again. It's so good. They, they actually have that kind of scene again in uh, chapter two where they pick a door where it's like scary, very scary, not scary at all. Yeah. HBO Max has that when you get uh, October 1st. They'll have that when you're picking scary movies. They actually have that on oh, the stream. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's good. I did not yeah. know that. Um, so, yeah. So they had that. And then, of course, the not scary at all is, uh, you know, the, the someone hanging, like decapitated, I think. But uh, it, uh, <laughs> I just, I, I, I just specifically love that uh, in The Haunted House. Maybe I should have had that as my runner up. But still, it's, it, it's, it's very, very high ranking for me. Uh, and then my only honorable mention um, other one is the uh, with Beverly in the bloody bathroom that mm. scene where like the hair comes up and grabs her from the sand and the blood shoots ever. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's I had a, that. that was great. Very shining esque with the uh, blood, another, you know, Stephen King, but uh, yeah. So it, um, yeah, that, uh, that's it for me. What, what about you? Honorable mentions. You even mentioned the doors. Like, yeah, you mentioned, I'm like looking at my whole honorable mentions here. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Okay. One honorable mention. That's I can fantastic. press the honorable mentions. Uh, Look, sorry, it's, can, it's, I, it's, it's, yeah. You the haunted really house. So, uh, I yeah, that, that was that great. Kind of one sequence, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, the haunted house. Okay, so mine does come from that. It, it's one visual. It's the moment when Pennywise crawls out of the fridge. That is oh, fucking cool. That's, that's cool. really cool that filmmaking. Cool. How they did that. That's really cool. It's great. I think the only one you didn't mention that I really like is the Loser Club jumping off the rocks and swimming in the lake together. That that's pretty good when they jump off. Because the cliff every there. kid has done that with your friends. You've all went to. to I, we used to. We did. I, we went to a, a jump off rock. Uh, jump off a high rock into uh, into a lake. Uh, dude, that's I. That you could just that's just where their bonding as normal kids do as friends. It's awesome. Uh, and that's uh, also when Beverly kind of officially joins the Losers Club because they're all too scared to go. And, and, and then she just runs and, and jumps off with no fear doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So love that. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right. Best lines from the film. Uh, I'll start us off here with my runner up. It is a Richie line. Uh, whenever he uh, that it's right after the rock fight, which is actually probably another good honorable mention for uh, for seeing the the rock fight there in the in the quarry or the the barons. Um, but it's when Richie says uh, to Henry Bowers, "Go blow your dad, you mullet wearing asshole!" Oh man, had that as my runner up. So we finally match up there. We should have matched up for the winner, but we we fucking at least matched up for at least we matched up, up there. Yeah. Jesus, okay. dude. Did we just become best friends? Yep. You don't have the fucking paper boat in the rain as the winter scene. Paper boat. SS Georgie, man. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a a great line. Okay. um, So uh, we might match up on the winner, too. You go ahead. What's your winner? It's Richie, man. Welcome to the Losers Club, asshole. Uh, No, we didn't match up. (laughs) No. Nope, nope. Uh, The the, the more iconic line. That's a good one. I do like that from Richie, but is from Pennywise when he, and he says it's kind of said a a few different ways, but specifically where he says, where you going? It's you'll float down here. We all float down here. That, uh, that just the, 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 you'll float too, or the, you, you you know, you'll float down here. That, that whole floating thing, the call out by Pennywise of that is, uh, it's most iconic, most associated with the, the film. And that, that's my, that's my winner. Where you going? It's, 
If they lived here, you'd be home by now. Come join the clown, Ned. You'll float down here. We'll float down here. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. All right. I, you know, I think Richie has all the quotable lines to me. Uh, he's either has the best line or he's, he's plays a part in a really funny exchange. Yeah, but the, the you'll flow down here. You can't deny the iconic. That's it's iconic line. You got to have the, the you'll, you'll flow down there too. part. Yeah. Uh, OK. Um, honorable mentions. Uh, just a couple for me. It is a Richie line when he um, uh, is they're actually in the face off the climax battle between the, the, the losers and Pennywise where Richie says. You punched me in the face. You made me walk through shitty water. You brought me to a fucking crackhead house. And now, I'm gonna have to kill this fucking clown. Welcome to the Losers Club, asshole. You know, Richie stepping up. It's a badass moment. Uh, yeah, so I, I love that. Uh, and then one by Eddie, where he says says to his mom, "They're gazebos. They're bullshit." gazebos instead of placebos yeah which i didn't mention this in the casting but the actor who plays his mom he got the line wrong and they kept it in oh, oh no 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 I, I think it was meant to be oh, that. you think they wrote it that way i think so yeah because he's a kid he didn't know what placebos are but you know, the actor that plays his mom that's why i might have said gazebo by mistake yeah the actor that plays his mom in chapter one plays his wife a different character but it's played by the same actor Plays his wife in chapter two, 27 years later. So, what? Because, you know, he's, he's such like a, a little a mama's boy. You know, he's attached to oh, the hip wow. So he married That's someone. That's like an inside that was, joke yeah, they made. Yeah, like, like, his, like his, mom. his mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my last one here is when uh, Henry Bowers is uh, out shooting his dad's gun. But his dad, there's a police officer, comes up to him and, and puts him in his place and, and scares him uh, and then says, Ain't nothing like fear to make a paper man crumble. That's a good line. That's a good line. Yeah, as true. fucked up as the Bowers are, it's a good line. Okay. All right. Honorable mentions for you. I think uh, all Richie exchanges. Uh, of course. Yeah. I hear list is longer than my wang. That's not saying much. <laughs> not much yeah. uh, love that. Hey, Eddie, are those your uh, birth control pills? Yeah, I'm saving them for your sister. Uh, <laughs> the banter between those, good, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then my last honorable mention would be um, Richie when he says, "Derry started as a beaver tramping camp, still is, am I right, boys?" Uh, <laughs> stupid, <laughs> See, what uh, an idiot. Yeah. So uh, funny, uh, not funny, but just uh, ironic is that with all of his his talk as a as a kid, his character actually you see find out in uh, chapter two is gay. Uh, and then that, you know, hmm. and then when Eddie, at, spoiler alert, in chapter two, Eddie dies, and uh, and you can get you could see that this banter that they've had insulting each other, there actually is like a a real you know connection, real friendship there, yeah, brotherhood, yeah. yeah, brotherhood there. So yeah, it uh, you do get to see that character of Richie have have a good arc there. Moving on to Judge Bob's recasting court, where Warren and I will attempt to recast the film, this film, with today's stars. All rise for the Honorable Judge Bob, presiding. Gentlemen, you may be seated. Recasting court is in session. Good to see you guys. Good to have you back here. Yeah, been a long time, like a week. Good to see you. It, you know, not not super duper excited about all of the uh, the child actors. As you guys know, that is 
Always something so, that we don't look forward to. Well, let's let's let me let's part the 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 great Oz curtain for a second. Warren and I, we know the struggle of casting child actors. We almost were like, let's let's cast the adult versions since you get that in chapter two, and like say, okay, what are actors that could have played the both again? What was that that movie about a boy or where they filmed it over like ten or fifteen years where you got to see the actor boyhood age. boyhood? There you go. Thank you do it like that, like do it like that. So you actually have the same actors following through, but we just narrowed it down to just a few kid actors, but we don't like doing this. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's tough to recast. Kid well, actors. and it really, it, really the main reason I bring it up is, um, should we need to break a tie or just have one actor be the one that wins the whole damn thing? We'll figure that out. Pennywise is going to be our tiebreaker tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. That's a given. So we are going to hear recastings for Ben, Richie, Beverly, Bill, and Pennywise. Um, Really, really excited to have have this movie on the docket, guys. So let's jump right into it. Warren, the ball is in your court. Who do you have cast as young Ben? Yeah. Uh, The Losers Club. No Stan, Mike, or Eddie. Kind of had a... uh, A little more minor... Yeah, Yeah. more minor of the crew. These are Especially Stan. I mean, he was like almost... Yeah. Not much there. So for Ben, look, casting kid actors is not easy. I haven't seen many of them work. Uh, this is probably of only a handful that I can recall offhand because they were so terrific in the show. Uh, Big Little Lies, I went with the uh, Crovetti twins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's really where they made their name, Cameron and Nicholas uh, Crovetti. So the, the, I would have the twins team up. Uh, you know, you got uh, they're they're uh, under eighteen. You have limited work hours, so I'm really getting more out of those. Uh, I'm getting being able to get more scene <laughs> shot with my Ben. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh, they were the um, sons of I think uh, Nicole Kidman's and Alexander Skarsgård's character in Big Big oh, Little yeah. Lies. Yep. Yeah. So uh, no, that's a good choice. Um, the only thing is like they they could do like the grow up and be the older version of Ben that's all like svelte and in shape, you know, but like the younger version of Ben that's a little like the nerdier type. I think it's a little bit of a stretch there. Um, so I did, you know, again, low hanging fruit here. My go to for that, that, I guess, archetype for uh, a kid nerd. Unfortunately, it's got to be young Sheldon in, in Ar- Armitage as my Ben. Yeah, I could see him growing up to be an architect. Uh, you know, he's got the he's very intelligent, but at the same time, somewhat yeah, of a social but if you outcast. watch young Sheldon, he has more. It's funny with Ann Armitage because that's my Richie, because if you watch young Sheldon and then you watch Finn Wolfhard in this, he's kind of a smart ass in the same way that young Sheldon uh, is. So I almost feel like it would be a natural fit for him to uh, slide into Richie. OK. All right. Well, I, I, I OK. That's it's interesting. I think he's got the uh, he could do either one. The Cravetti twins though, they're not social outcasts. Though. I got they're, a I got a fifty dollar chip in Vegas that Ian Armitage turns into the next Ryan Reynolds. That kid is so fast and witty that if he stays with it and gets some yeah. like comedic chops and some things going behind him, watch and see what this kid does. Watch and see. Warren, uh, you had a more compelling argument. You are going to win the Carvetti twins. You told me right. not to give you a hard time with the names, but it's Crovetti twins. But well, what I think the audience knows not to expect much from me in the way of pronouncing names. <laughs> no, no, not point. you. It's Bob. Bob said Carvetti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Bob, get it together. What the hell, man? Yeah, man. Jeez. Moving on. 
Uh, we've already got Warren's recasting for Richie, and he's made a compelling argument as well there. So, Phil, take off. Who do you have cast as your Richie here? Well, so this is the mouth. I mean, this is the Corey Feldman from Goonies. Um, you know, this is exactly he's the, he's the mouth character. I mean, that's that's the approach that you have to take. Um, I went with Archie Yates um, from Jojo Rabbit. Uh, was kind of like the sidekick there. He's very much in the losers club. He's not like the popular kid that can run his mouth. He is just, he's just full of one liners and things that he thinks is witty. You know, uh, I think he would be, I think he'd be a very funny Richie. Warren, do you have any counter anything? Like I said, you already had kind of stated your Ian Armitage argument there. I don't want to keep you off the floor. If there's something you want to add, feel free, my friend. Uh, no, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Look, I've watched young Sheldon. Uh, he, is very witty, very quick, uh, and Richie is the embodiment of that. But it's a different character. So, again, I think his skill set as an actor plays to Richie. Yeah. Um, Toss-up on this one. I'm going to go with Archie Yates. Well done, Phil. Fuck. Thanks. Well, it's it's always tough because it's like, oh, do you have a counter-argument? It's like, hang on. Let me think of a way to talk shit about this character. <laughs> you know, you don't yeah, – you don't, yeah. You don't want to do that. I think that we we have a very talented pool. Uh, well, like the Razzies a couple years ago when they nominated a minor actor. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, doing? man? You Come can't on. nominate a kid. a kid. Yeah, anyway. Jesus. All right, we'll keep it moving. Phil, who do you have cast as your Beverly? Beverly, I would say this actor, along with Bill, uh, has to have the most range, most talent amongst the, the kid actors here. So I did... Uh, look for uh, a lot of talent uh, in my Beverly. I thought Warren and I would match up here. Uh, I went with Julia Butters from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. How old is she now? Uh, 14 or 15. So really? She's, yeah. Shit. She's, I thought she was younger. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, uh, you still think of her. I mean, you, I, mean I thought she was still 10. So I thought she was still 10. So I was like, she's too young. I didn't it's going to be eligible here for the, the pod. Oh, soon. we're it's doing it the day it's eligible. The, yeah, the day. Once upon a time in Hollywood is eligible, we will do it. I think it's next year. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. July nineteenth, twenty twenty four, will be the five <laughs> okay. year mark. I know the theatrical release date. So, July nineteenth. So like mid season classic then. Yeah. <laughs> not. Class, uh, yeah. We'll not... probably bump a fifties movie. Pop in Once Upon right. a Time. It is a mid season classic. That's an all time great. A little segue here. Is this the most impactful movie in your adult life that you have seen? I mean, Once Upon a Time. Yeah, because you've got we all have movies that you know different stages well, in life impacted us and really you know. Yeah, like, no, hit. it is. Uh, it's kind of cool we're talking about both these movies because I worked on Chapter Two, so I've like met all these actors, I met the director, I've been around it, so it's kind of interesting doing a movie on the pod where I've like worked on the franchise. That's a first, and it's the same thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. When the movie came out, I was fortunate enough to get to go to a screening with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad right? Pitt, yeah, so, and, and I got to pictures. see them. Yeah. yeah, I got to see them. You know, uh, together and the whole cast. Julia Butters was there. Too. Uh, when the movie was coming out so it, it's I don't know it's just I, I have a special relationship with both of these movies and so the fact that it's a hell of a coincidence they're both somehow that's coming why I thought now. you would put Julia Butters in for your Bev yeah you I would think surprising idiot yeah, yeah pretty stupid here um, call an audible no, nah, I should. Uh, I didn't know. She, I still thought she was 10 like what is wrong friends? with me <laughs> yeah um, so look I, I thought of Sadie Sink Right, too old. Well, yeah, it's like plus, it's plus a she's weird a thing. Older. It's like those Stranger Things, which you would expect to have an appearance, a heavy hand in the cast of this. They're all too old for these parts now. All too old. Uh, 
And even a real stranger, a Stranger Things cast member is actually in the real cast. So uh, it's, it's, it's just kind of aged seven out. Seven years yeah, ago, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so for six my bev, ago, me, six. I went with uh, Marseille Martin, who I know she's 17, almost 18, but she plays younger she still. She could play younger. Uh, yeah, yeah, she plays yeah. younger, as where Sadie well, is playing more high school. Yeah, and I think that they're just the way that the character is written is there is a little bit more maturity there compared to the so rest of the So Marseille would lean into that, I think. Um, I would say so, yeah. My casting is going to go to Julia Butters. Fuck. Let's yes. jump in to Bill. Bill. Who do you have as so, Bill? Bill. Th- th- this was the easiest one for me. The first recasting that I did, um, you talk about, we talked about the depth of talent for Beverly. You need that for your Bill as well. I mean, just to nail the stutter down. And there's certain, you know, Warren could speak to it better than I can. Skills as an actor that you take for granted <clears throat> from uh, Jaden Martell uh, in this film that he, where he just, you know, he is the leader of the group. You, you got to have uh, talent to pull that off. Just like Jaden did. I went with Jacob Tremblay as my bill. He's got it in spades. I also had Jacob Tremblay as my bill, yeah. the leader, was, the, yeah. and the, clearly the biggest star in his category. Yeah, that was the easy one there. Yeah, uh, biggest star in his casting category. He's at he's the DiCaprio of his type. I mean, he's literally top of the list. You do that, yeah. Well, and you do uh, you do a boyhood thing with him. You wait for him to twenty seven years, and you or at least at least fifteen, and make part two. I don't do even think he's agreeing to that. He's such a big star now. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. So. Uh, Going into the final casting here, please understand, Warren, if you win this, we will have a tie. Ergo, Pennywise is going to be the deciding factor tonight. Oh, wow. wow. Buzzer beater recasting Buzzer down beater to the wire. Pennywise. And I got to tell you, I. Oh, really, 220! I, I really hope you guys kind of go in depth on your castings because both of these names are fantastic. And I am very excited about where you guys are going to take this. Yeah, well, I think I have got the uh, championship goods here. Well, Uh, I'm going to get. I'm going to let you go first, since uh, you know. uh, Let's see if you can go full Brady mode. Okay. Yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 Okay. I got the ball. I'm going to go in and take it. Score in overtime. Not even to give the ball back to Phil. This is a (laughs) walk-off touchdown. Okay. Uh, Let me tell you something. My Pennywise. Just going to tell you where I was coming from. Thought of Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, terrific character actor, terrific, Um, who would really low key be great at this. But, you know, we're recasting the actors of today. And when I think of the actors of today and I think of who is probably going to win the best actor Oscar this year, uh, he's been great for years. He's finally it's his time to shine. And he would be truly horrifying, terrifying, scary and even scarier, I think, maybe. If anyone could do it, this guy could. Uh, as great as uh, Skarsgård is, my Pennywise, drumroll please, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Wow. I thought about him. That's pretty good. I'll hand it to you. I mean, he's got if the If you cast him in this, does his name go above the fucking title on the, the DVD? Oh, it's it. No, it's Stephen King. It's it. No. Sorry. Oh, it's iconic. God. No, Killian's- you can't do that. This so isn't it above right the now. above the headline? No, that <laughs> Killian so hot right now. That Hansel, um, yeah. So I, I, I'll give you my honorable mention here first, Bob. I know you, we, we haven't really mentioned a lot with the kid actors. You just you know it's, it is kind of yep, don't go down is. that road. Yep. 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 Um, so 
I thought of Taika Waititi as low key would be kind of an interesting Pennywise. I think it was. It was It'd be fun to see but, what he did with it, but uh, yeah. you know, he typically but, acts in things that he is um, the producer on, right, or director. Yeah, and you're yeah, not so, having a an it with. <laughs> yeah. Like watch watch him in Our Flag Means Death. You can kind of see a little more serious aspects of it. Anyway, I I couldn't commit to it though. And I love I just when he goes this, off the rails and free guy. What are you talking about? Oh, that's man? true. Yeah. That, oh, but, yeah, man. That, yeah. He's, that, that, he's, he's pretty good in that. He's got too. good range. He does. He's yeah. sneaky, sneaky, talented. However, for my Pennywise, I did want somebody that's talented, a, a, a little wacky. I mean, he can act like a, like a, you could see him doing like the crazed clown. I mean, the, what the, the, the physical aspects of Pennywise. And it's just like, if he leans into it, there's just this, this, unnerving creepiness to him that he can put on camera. I went with Nicholas Holt as my Pennywise. Hmm. No, I think Killian Murphy has a darkness behind the eyes. They're, they're like it would be fucking so scary with Killian. Like, dude, truly dark and uh, like in a way that very few actors can reach the recesses of. No, I'm I'm sorry. Killian Mur- and Stephen King it demands the scariest motherfucking clown you can commit to celluloid. Killian Murphy is Pennywise. End of discussion. I, I can't say anything against him. I think he'd be great. I just think that I, I would like to see this Holt's take on the character. I think it would be, uh, think it'd be good. I think yeah, he's great. I think yeah, seeing him in something Nicholas like this. Holt, it, uh, if you're listening at home, you got to look up this guy because when you see his face, you'll be like, oh my God. Not a name that resonates, but you'll that face is in a lot but of that's things. A, that's a that's a clown is, you're going to want to hug and hold. Oh, come on. Skarsgård is a handsome dude, man. Come on. And all, I, I will say that I, w- I will say where Killian gets the edge is the eyes, like the eyes of of Pennywise. I would give the edge to Killian. Do you know the how creepy he could get when he starts like that, doing that, that freaking, action that the other actors do with the clown that, when his eyes cr- are just cross, sort of dead stare? I, cross eyes are like the stare with I, or I don't know where the eyes are going in a different direction. That just kind of dead stare that he Scarsgard has with Pennywise. You're just like, good lord! It just I hate this movie, man. It's it's always I, oh I hate that damn clown. It's interesting when I saw these castings, I actually had you guys flipped on this. Oh. I thought that Holt was the reach that was Warren going for, mm. and that Phil was taking the low hanging fruit with Killian. Um, so I'm I'm actually shocked. Killian, um, can he smoke his Pennywise? Can, can I ask that question? Is, is <laughs> Killian still? I'm sure he'd find a way. To. <laughs> uh, Oppenheimer, everybody smoked. Yeah. Oppenheimer, everybody smoked. It was. I mean, uh, find a me lot. a Killian. I, I'm pretty sure he smokes on the airplane. He doesn't smoke in everything. He doesn't smoke in every movie. <laughs> that, that just Oppenheimer, man. Everybody smoked in the fucking 40s and 50s. I, I was back and forth on this for a long time. I cannot tell you how fast i'm giving my money to see killian murphy as pennywise though damn as <laughs> tom brady fucking winning the clutch damn. yeah victory played that one right into the judge's hands he's he's one of my favorite actors yeah he's period great. period now i'm on a losing streak i mean this uh, this season's getting out of control <sighs> i fucking suck mm. God, I think yeah. I've lost like two or two or three. We both right suck. I just suck less. <laughs> well, listen, I nailed the kid actors. I love, no, no, let me say that again. Hang on a second. That was <laughs> whoa. Oh, yikes. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. Clear your uh, those website those, history. Those were better choices. Whatever. It, I, there's no. There's no getting out of this. Okay, gentlemen. Well done. Uh, always a pleasure. Thanks, Bob. Recasting court is adjourned.
All right, fan theory time, Warren. You, you know, have one. Oh, I've no. got one, baby, and you're gonna like it a lot. I guarantee you. I don't it. think so. You're I gonna, don't like your fan theory. You're gonna like. You're gonna like the way you look. Yeah, I, I guarantee, guarantee you. you're gonna like this right, fan theory. Warehouse baby. with your fucking fan theories. Okay. Are we sponsored by Men's Warehouse? I didn't think we so. We are sponsored Fuck. by, as you know, Stranger Things. And my fan theory is that Pennywise exists in the Stranger Things universe. Nothing? No no gut check reaction there from you? Okay. How so? Okay. So, if you've seen Stranger Things, you know that Sean Astin plays a character named Bob Newby in Season 2. And he talks about how he is from Maine. And when your dairy Maine is where it is is set, and Stephen King is from Maine, so I think it's a the connection to Maine is very strong in, in many of his literary works. Uh, anyway, Bob Newby, though being from Maine, he's having a scene uh, like trying to a teaching moment with Finn Wolfhard, plays Mike uh, in Stranger Things, also of course plays Richie in it, uh, and mentions a clown named Mr. Baldo who tried to give him a balloon. Uh, and so, like, the connection there and the Duffer Brothers, they, they pretty much admit the, the influence that um, it had uh, on them growing up. And kind of like you and I, that's one of the first horror movies they saw. And so that, that, that it's, it's borderline Easter egg and borderline is Mr. Baldo also Pennywise, maybe just went by a different name, that almost got Bob Newby when he was a kid living in Maine. But the, my fan theory is that it is they are the same, and that Pennywise uh, does exist in that in the Stranger Things universe. Boom. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just such a stretch. I mean, it's how, a stretch. How do you, how do you explain uh, Mike and uh, Richie? <laughs> Mike from Stranger Things and Richie from Listen, it. man. They. Uh, I just it's said gonna, that it's gonna be like two flashes, the same director. I didn't say. Andy listen, Muschietti's I, got two versions of the same I, I person. I didn't say. <laughs> I didn't see. Yeah, that's true. I didn't say that the films were connected in the same universe. I just said that the the, the character of, of Pennywise, of it, it is it exists as a horror creature in the Stranger Things universe. That's it. Mm. Now that the movies are connected. Well, no, Derry, Maine, and Stranger Things is like in what Indiana? Well, no, I'm saying, but Bob Newby is from Maine, though. He, he but you're right. Stranger Things is in Indiana, uh, Hawkins, but um. But Bob Newby comes from from Maine. He's from out of town. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, you're really stretching it here. Uh, it's a fun stretch, though, to kind of imagine that. I mean, it would be cool, right? But uh, yeah. okay, but I, I don't see any actual credibility there. I just think you're fucking using it your imagination. Oh uh, yeah, I just like it. I yeah, like it, yeah. baby. Okay, dumbass. Yep. And we'll close out the episode discussing the legacy of it. It's fucking seven years old, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it takes 20 years for a movie to even be considered a classic, uh, minimum. So, I mean, it's just uh, probably one of the newer horror films that we've done. We wait five years for, el- for eligibility on the podcast. This is seven years old, so it's just fa- fa- fairly newly eligible. The, the the sequel wouldn't even be eligible yet, Chapter 2. That, that's a good segue. Talking about the It franchise, uh, look, we got the what the TV series, you got a book, and you've got a feature film. So you kind of have like what one adaptation in each major medium of entertainment. No video game, right? Um, I don't think so, unless there was some sort of Fortnite connection that I'm not aware. I feel like we would have where found you could play as Pennywise. Skin doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, skin I'm sure a Call of Duty Pennywise skin or something like that. I'm sure exists out there. But no, as far as like a 
I mean, how would you even adapt this into a video game? It'd be pretty cool, but uh, no, nothing like that. So yeah, just chapter two in 2019, the miniseries in 1990, the book in 86. Uh, there, of course, the, that's what started it. Uh, and then there is a Welcome to Dairy prequel series uh, that's was originally slated to come out mm. on in uh, on HBO Max or now called Max in 2024 with uh, Andy Muschietti to coming back to direct several episodes of that. Uh, it was going to take it's going to take place in the 1960s and kind of talk about Pennywise's origins. Uh, so a prequel series, like I said, uh, principal photography began in May 2023, but is on hold right now uh, due to the uh, the strike, the actor writer SAG AFTRA strike that's going on. Uh, so I highly doubt that it will come out in 2024, but it's in development. Yeah. Well, the writer's strike just got, uh, they just came to terms. So it's going to get the actors figured out when we're back to business. Oh, I, thought, I heard that uh, it's got video games at it. I didn't think it was coming to an end. Oh, oh yeah. Video games. Yeah. They just did add video games. I, I got the email for that. Yeah. Look, the, the writer's strike's over. Uh, I, I think at best, uh, if they get things resolved with the actors, maybe they'll be back in production by Thanksgiving. Is it over? The writer's strike, yes. Oh. They came to terms. Oh. You got all four CEOs, man. Uh, Warner Brothers, Disney, and Netflix are sitting in person negotiating. To oh, that's hot news. That happened today. I wasn't even aware of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. More, it's the time of recording. Wow. You're more on top of it than I am. Well, I am in L.A., so. I am in the industry, baby. Spoofs, American Dad, The Simpsons, Robot Chicken. It's pretty much it. You know, again, haven't been around long. Um, well, I mean, it's, uh, those are mainly Pennywise. I think a lot of those spoofs maybe even have happened before that they those spoofs would have predated. No, these are directly uh, come off of. The, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's and, and you can always you can tell because the, the Pennywise is so specific in this iteration, right? It has this one has more of like an eighteen hundreds Renaissance style with the frills around the color the, the look to the Pennywise than Tim Curry's Pennywise did in the nineteen nineties, which, which is more appropriate because he's been around so long. Correct, yeah. It does make sense, yeah. Uh, homages and references. Uh, there's a poster of Gremlins, which we just did. Uh, the Goonies, Beetlejuice, and on the marquee, you see 89 Batman. Oh. Uh, and this movie uh, references Freddy's dead final nightmare. Freddy takes uh, form as a uh, sexually abusive father. Uh, in the same oh. way that Pennywise does, um, more so. And in that's the book. one of the films, or there is a Nightmare on Elm Street Five, is the film on the marquee of the cinema that they walk by in, in Derry in the film mm. too. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, themes, messages, life lessons of it. I mean, I think the number one leading theme is the loss of innocence. Um, yes, absolutely. Being yeah. a kid is learning how to live, and being an adult is learning how to die. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, you, you, that's that's and these kids. I mean, that's what they're going through. Uh, and some, some of them are actually going through the the, the, the latter half of that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's more so focused on, yeah, the they're, you know, they've they're not kids anymore. They've their innocence mm-hmm. is, is is Pennywise has taken that. From that's them. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two theme, and it's very funny because these two rise above all the others. It's fear. Oh yeah, fear. Yeah, fear is the big one. Just kind of like how Batman begins. The theme is fear through the movie through and through. That, that that's It's a very, very strong theme in this film. Oh, the strongest theme for me is uh, in this film is, is fear because that's what I feel when I watch uh, this movie is is fear because uh, I uh, I hate this movie. I hate Pennywise. And, uh, yeah, you've it really just, got a problem just, with clowns, man. It's not really clowns. It's just Pennywise. Like, I don't have, I'm not Richie where I have a problem with clowns in general. It's just I just 
you know, again, that makes an impression on you as a kid. Uh, Pennywise does. It's it's hard to that character get over that. So uh, I just I just stay away from the movie, you know, usually. And then so you're like, oh, we're doing it for the podcast. I'm like, wonderful, great choice, thanks, bro. <laughs> fucking asshole. Hey man, you gotta got do it. This is one of that's like uh, it's, it's the, one of the biggest horror films. Uh, it's I watched it a lot, and uh, it was one of Dad's favorites. Well, yeah, uh, it helps we, me we come can't to do terms. The TV series, we can't do the book. We got to do the movie. Helps me come to terms with that that fear of Pennywise. And yeah, I yeah, will exposure. say exposure. It's a good way to overcome you go. what you fear. There you go. And I watch like I Just said, like a Batman Begins. Christian Bale drops down in the cave, rises m- maybe. up as the bats. Just like I'm mentioning Batman, like you mentioned Star Wars at every opportunity. Yeah. We're very sick Exposure to it, yeah. Maybe I'll go back and watch the 1990 and finally watch part two of the 90, 1990 Tim Curry miniseries. You, but, you, uh, man up. What are you doing? I know. I got to find some place to watch it first. I don't even know where it's streaming. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it'd be out there in the ether. Um, uh, so, uh, other themes, survivalist. Uh, Pennywise is like a vampire. I mean, he has to eat kids to live. Uh, and then mortality. I think, uh, but I really think fear of loss of innocence or the two, no, that's, two those are the big ones. ones. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, double feature, yeah. Chapter two, come on. Yeah, duh, duh. yeah, yeah. Uh, so much so that I actually, you know, you know, we talk about double feature every episode, but rarely do we actually watch the double feature film we that we would say it would accompany it. Uh, in this in this instance, I did. You know, I watched chapter it. You know, the chapter one, if you will, um, uh, about a week ago. Uh, to prepare for the the pod, and then I watched Chapter Two last night. It's two hours and forty nine minutes, by the way. Chapter Two is watch the whole thing wow. last night. It's ridiculous. It's good. I mean, it's it's it's, it's okay. Really long. Chapter One is is superior in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure, it's far superior. Two Two had a lot of hype too because you had some big stars playing the adults, but sure. it just, I just ultimately don't think it delivered. It it did did yeah, it just fell short. A lot of things are very weird in that movie yeah, that don't work. So you you agree chapter two for the double feature though? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah no you choice. have to. Yeah. It's not. It's a, uh, yeah, I mean, you, we, we double feature has to be a theatrical release film, so you can't do the nineteen ninety series, right? Uh, TV series. Yeah, you got to go. You would, uh, you would have to just go two. a completely different direction and do something else, sure. like another horror film, like Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street. Yeah, you could do that. You I mean, could do Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street, I think. You know, or maybe. any other like monster uh, possessed movie. We could mm. do The Exorcist. Uh, no, the Exorcist might not be bad. Rosemary's no. Baby. Mm. Uh, yeah. Maybe even Carrie. Or keep it like yeah, keep it in the Stephen King. Oh, you the could do stand, stand by me. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Could do that. And William Babani of IGN summed it up best when he said, "Quote: It may not be the best Stephen King movie, even though it comes impressively close, but it's probably the most Stephen King movie." Unquote. That is going to do it for this episode of Replay Value. Thank you so much for listening. The Replay Value podcast is hosted by me, Philip Reinerson, and my brother Warren Paul. Our recasting judge is Bob Thompson. Produced, edited, and directed by Walter Pickles Productions and dedicated to our father, who we have to thank for our love of cinema and my hatred of Pennywise the Clown. Please be sure to follow the podcast, and if you like what you hear, take the time to rate, review, and share with a friend. You can visit us on our website, replayvaluepod.com, and follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at replayvaluepod. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every other Tuesday, and we'll see you then. Bye! Bye.
This has been a Waldo Pickles production. 